What is that when you jump around and carry on and do the who dat who dat stuff? The who dat, you know, that's really kind of a, a fan. You know, that's that's our 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 chant. Duncan Holder podcast back at you here on the Athletics Podcast Network. Larry Holder, Jeff Duncan here with you. Of course, theathletic.com slash dunk and holder. Go check all of that out. Uh, you could get in, subscribe to all of our podcasts. Great content, of course, at The Athletic. And Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Do all of those great things. The Saints, their winning streak stops at nine, halted by Jalen Hurts and the Eagles 24-21. Like I figured it would be a low-scoring game just given uh, the conditions and the quarterback play in and of itself. I did not think the Eagles would be on that side of the winning side uh, as Jalen Hurts uh, seemed to be pretty composed and the Saints defense seemed to not really know what to expect, especially in the first half. Of course, we'll talk about that, Taysom Hill's performance, and where did the Saints go from here, playoff race, Drew Brees, his status coming back, so we'll jump into all of that. Uh, But Jeff, just first, your initial thoughts on the game, like I said, I thought it would be a low-scoring game, I figured the Saints would win, but uh, you play one bad half of football on both sides of the ball, I don't care who you're playing, you go down 17, it's not going to be easy to come back. Uh, against someone in the NFL. Yeah, I was stunned, to be honest with you. I I just didn't think this Saints team had that kind of clunker in them. Uh, I just thought both sides of the ball were too strong, especially along both lines, that that would carry them in a game. Yes, I know Jalen Hurts was playing, and obviously he played very well, but they had so many injuries everywhere else. Uh, they were riddled uh, with their offensive line, their secondary. Heck, heck, they lost a number of starters in the game. I mean, they were down to like their fourth and fifth uh, players on the depth chart. I just didn't think talent-wise Philadelphia could hold up, uh, but I was wrong. And I think we, we saw a very lackluster performance by both sides of the ball for the Saints. I think anytime you see an 82-yard touchdown run, against the league's top run defense and and has been the top run defense for the last few years, you know something's wrong when it comes to effort and energy, and the Saints didn't have enough of either early on in that game, gotten too deep a hole to dig out, and uh, probably deserved to lose that game. Well, Jeff, before we start diving into all these other topics, uh, let me pick your brain on maybe a grand scheme of things uh, trend here. We see they always play well in November when they play in these last four seasons. And then they always kind of slow down a smidge in December. I mean, I'm sure Sean Payton has to recognize this. I mean, I wonder how he can remedy this even just this time around to where they're not kind of just dragging into the playoffs uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, instead of playing well in November – maintaining being hot in December. I feel like we, we've seen kind of some, some roadblocks the last few years, even in their good seasons. Well, I, I think it's really a cause and effect situation. In other words, if the Saints weren't so dominant in October, November, I don't think they would have this clunker let down in December. But they, it's just human nature. You can't continue, I think, um, to run 
at that high a level for that long at, at, at the, in the NFL. No one else is doing it. So I think the fact that the Saints have put together these dominant October-November runs where they've won six, nine you know, games in a row, when no one else is doing that, naturally you're going to have a letdown somewhere along the way. And I just think uh, you know, it's impossible, even as, as much as Sean Payton puts into that, trying to avoid those things, it's almost impossible in the, in the level of uh, uh, the difference in talent between an NFL team like Philadelphia, even one as injury riddled as they are, and the Saints isn't that much different. It's not like they're playing a mid-American conference team you know, or a conference USA team. I mean, these teams uh, have tons of talent, and we saw how Jalen Hurts played in that game, and I think that also had an effect. But I don't think it would happen, Larry, if – if they weren't already winning all these other games, I think that adds up to the, the, the drop off in December. So in other words, if they were losing in October, November, I don't think they would have this letdown in December. Okay. Well, in that vein, what is the biggest concern for you leaving this game going forward? We know what is next, the Kansas city chiefs, which we're going to dive into in this podcast as well. Uh, because I have obvious concerns, and I'm sure you do, for the Saints going against Patrick Mahomes and the reigning Super Bowl champs. But overall, what is your biggest concern right now for the Saints? Like We saw them uh, almost lose a lead to Atlanta. Now we've seen them lose to the Eagles. What is the biggest concern do you have? I don't have any concerns. I really don't. I mean, quarterback position is the one thing getting Drew Brees back because of the experience he has in those critical moments. I think Taysom Hill played pretty well in the second half for the most part, Uh, but you can see, I mean, it's a work in progress with him. He's making mistakes that any young quarterback's going to make. And, um, you know, they don't have that much of a margin for error in a game like that where they play so poorly everywhere else. Uh, And so when they play against a team like Kansas City, uh, they're going to have to play lights out in every phase of the game, including the quarterback position, to have a chance to win. Uh, and when they get in the playoffs, they're going to have that. So I think getting Breeze back and have him playing at a high level is the only way this team can win a Super Bowl. I think at some point you get deep in the playoffs, the defenses and offenses are all elite caliber, and you're going to have to have great play at the quarterback position. And I'm not sure Taysom Hill's ready to do that. I don't see a Nick Foles run right now in Taysom Hill. I have a few concerns. One is the Saints offensive line. It's the first really good defensive line that they faced probably all year, and they struggled. Uh, They struggled all over the map. And maybe part of that has to do with Taysom Hill being the quarterback in the sense of he holds the ball too long, this, that, and the other. But I saw far too many breakdowns otherwise against a good defensive front basically i think saints fans need to understand that the eagles defensive front was just as good as the saints defensive front going into this game i don't think people understood that and it was strength on strength offensive line for the saints defensive line for the eagles and the eagles defensive line even with being banged up they won that battle and so look we could point to the the guy who's usually wearing the dunce cap in the corner, Andres Pete. I mean, Sean Payton calls him out. He doesn't do that if he's not doing that by design. I mean, we've seen him do that with Marcus Williams. We've seen him do that with other players before in the past. Uh, that it's message time uh, for someone who's being 
highly paid, someone like Andres Pete. And that middle of the line is a concern. Nick Easton left the game with another concussion. It's his second concussion we've seen in the last few weeks. And actually, in the Atlanta game, Nick Easton had four blown blocks, according to Sports Info Solutions. One in the run, three in the pass. And he's playing because they don't feel super confident that Cesar Ruiz can play there the whole time. So you add those two up, and it's giving probably Saints fans flashbacks to the Vikings game where they they got eaten up in the middle and they go one and done in the playoffs. So to me, that's a concern. Defensively, I look at the first half of the Eagles game when players are just running free again. Like that cannot happen if you're playing Patrick Mahomes. That cannot happen if you're playing Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it can't happen against Jalen Hurts. I mean, he could have hurt him. Cheesy pun, I know. Even worse, uh, if he's able to connect every single time. So you cannot lapse back into that either. So, you know, I and the obvious, the deeper you go, good quarterback play, I'm concerned that, like, can the Saints hold up against good quarterback play? Obviously, we're going to have the biggest test of them all uh, against the Chiefs this week. Well, I think the common denominator there is, was this an outlier performance? Chalk it up to the the clunker. They just didn't uh, have the intensity and focus uh, needed to compete. Or is this some kind of underlying trend that's going to show up later in the year. You wrote that column basically after the game, and I think that's spot on. We're going to find out. I believe it was just an outlier. I mean, I know I, I, I understand the points about the offensive line, but, I mean, the team ran for over 200 yards in two games leading up to that game. I mean, that's good offensive line run blocking for sure. Uh, obviously, Taysom Hill contributed to that, but uh, I don't have as many concerns about the line play I feel like that's what shows up first when you don't come to play. You know, you're getting whipped right up front in the trenches because you you don't your pad level, you know, you're lazy. All those things showed up on tape when I watched the game again. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Marcus Davenport was straight up getting driven back off the ball. Taron Armstead, I don't know if it's the the fallout from the coronavirus about he had. He played very poorly. I mean, he was getting put on skates, driven right back into Taysom Hill. I can't. You see that maybe once every game or two from him or three games. It happened to him multiple times in this one game. The line play was so poor, I just have to chalk it up as an outlier performance. As far as that goes, look, I think if you look at Armstead, McCoy, Ramchek, I assume they bounce back. I need to see it to believe it with the other guard spots to have them bounce back against a good team. Like what if the saints run into the Rams, Aaron Donald's going to have a good old time again, probably. So and how do you prepare for that? Eric McCoy has improved. There's no doubt in my mind that Eric McCoy has improved this year from year one to year two. And he was solid last year. He's even better this year. So that at least gives you something to hang your hat on, but you need the good Andres Pete to show up. You can't have the one who misses a block, at the beginning of the game on a screen pass, he just gets up and claps his hands. And I saw it. I said, oh, here we go. And it, and it, it reared its ugly head. And so uh, for that to happen, especially you talk about, all right, Drew Brees, this offense, when it comes back, it probably runs more efficiently. The tempo comes back. 
you probably don't see in uh, score, and you got to score to and keep this game alive. You see better tempo, better urgency, and we didn't see that with Taysom Hill. But if Drew Brees is still walking wounded and he's getting pressure up the middle, that's going to affect him not just physically but probably mentally. So, you know, that's why if I see all of this against a good team, it worries me if I'm the Saints. And it's, it brings me back to, uh, like I said, the wild card game last year against the Vikings. I know I sound panicky because there's a lot of good things that the Saints are still doing. But one flaw can get you beat against a good team or against the playoffs. And I've seen, like, I've seen this happen before. Well, we're going to find out a lot about – we're going to find a lot of answers to what we're talking about on Sunday because we're going to play a good team that's got a good offensive front, a good defensive front, uh, certainly the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, and I think we're going to see a, a much improved effort across both lines. But it all starts there. We, we talk about it every week in the Saints – Really, it's the strength of this team is the line play on both sides of the ball, and uh, it just wasn't there. And I understood it, like you said, from the Eagles' defensive perspective because their front four, even their front seven to some degrees, is very solid. I mean, they came in ranked third in the league in sacks for a reason. But I didn't understand where the defensive line performance came from against an injury-riddled Eagles front that was playing third-string guys and no one was getting home. And I know he's mobile, but they played plenty of mobile quarterbacks. They just were undisciplined in their rush lanes. Sean Payton talked about it. Uh, it, was like, it was like they had no clue that Jalen Hurts had mobility or something or, or could scramble outside. They lost containment over and over again, Trey Hendrickson and Cam Jordan. Uh, I just felt like it was a very uh, you know, uncharacteristic performance from what we've seen from this defense all year. That, to me, I would agree that you would expect – that the edges would be able to be contained. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I was talking with someone yesterday, and they're trying to blame coaching for this. I'm sure Dennis Allen says, hey, guess what? Try to contain Jalen Hurts. You know he's going to try to run to the outside. Ryan Nielsen, same thing. Uh, Michael Hodges uh, as the linebackers coach. So I'm not putting that necessarily on coaching because I assume that they're smart enough to know that. I mean – you and I are smart enough to know that. They're more football savvy than we are, even though sometimes you don't want to admit that. But still, they were coached to do it, and they just did not. They just did not follow uh, the game plan that I assume was there. And so I know Patrick Mahomes isn't as prone to maybe being as fast as Jalen Hurts, but that element's coming back uh, this week, and yet he is far more dangerous anywhere on the field than Jalen Hurts and so you see this performance and can they get it righted against a team that if you want to win the Super Bowl this is a team you got to beat I'm very curious to see how they respond yeah and I tell you one one other thing going back to the Eagles game before we turn the page uh Quan Alexander had a terrible game Uh, you know this was the first time we've seen him and some of the issues that you heard about Quan Alexander uh, at previous stops reared their head undisciplined, not, uh, you know, staying in his run fit, kind of going outside the scheme. Uh, he was the one responsible for that 82-yard uh, touchdown run. Uh, and I didn't see DeMario Davis make very many plays either. They really struggled, not just on the scrambles by Jalen Hurts, but just the regular old read option run plays that they've seen before. It's not like they've never seen it. 
and their run fits were just terrible. So to me, it was so bad. It was so out of character <clears throat> that I'm just chalking this thing up to a trash can game and, and moving on. And we'll, we'll, we'll see a lot of that rate option this week because the, the Chiefs do run it with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, and we'll see if they improve. I expect we're going to see a different, a different Saints defense. All right, let's shift to, of course, the ever-popular quarterback topic. Let's just start with Taysom Hill. It's the first time we've seen him throw the football against uh, a defense where he wasn't just trying to be as conservative as possible or the 31st-ranked pass defense in the league. Uh, it's the old cheesy cliche, a tale of two halves. Uh, Taysom Hill certainly looked better in the second half uh, when three quarters of the secondary went out and he needed to look better, but he definitely struggled at times more uh, in this game. A, you know, when we've already discussed the Eagles front four, one of the better ones in the league, getting pressure. And then yet B, it seemed like not a lot of great tempo at times. Uh, and Sean Payton even saying he just said Dean Taysom's performance all right. If you look at the numbers, they're probably a little better than maybe he performed for most of the game. Uh, but, Jeff, what, what's your assessment on Taysom uh, after this game? Yeah, I thought he looked like a quarterback in his fourth start. Uh, you know, he, I think some of those sacks and some of those plays were on him. He's holding the ball too long, trying to let things develop, not going through his progressions not having that clock in his head, and he's got to get the ball out quicker, especially against a front like Philadelphia's, who's got some big-time pass rushers. So uh, there are just some little nuanced things. I noted it in my film review. Uh, you know, that that first play of the game you talked about, Pete, uh, that's also on Taysom Hill a little bit. If he holds the ball a little longer on that screen, lets the rush come to him and backpedals a little more, it lets Pete get out there a little better and sets up the blocking he threw it out too quickly, and Pete didn't have time to get out there. So there's, you know, there's a lot of little things that come with playing that you can see um, he just doesn't have right now. And the only way he's going to get it is by continuing to get reps and to continue to have that experience. And the Saints don't have that margin for error right now. That's why I think it's important for them to get Drew Brees back. If they're going to try and win a Super Bowl, they got to have Drew Brees under center. I did think he handled the comeback well. I thought he showed poise. Uh, you know, some things that I was impressed with intangible-wise. He didn't panic when they got down. Uh, but that fourth and two, which was – let's let's start there. That's where the game was lost, in my opinion. And that was a bad play call. It's it's the kind of call that we all celebrate if, if, if it works. And we, you know, we all call Sean Payton a genius because he was aggressive and bold. And then when it doesn't work, it, it's the worst call of all time. But I think in that situation – with a young quarterback and a very uh, top-flight Eagles defensive front, that's not quite the right play call. You went right there, and it, it turned the game around. Well, it doesn't help that Josh Hill lets uh, uh, Sweat run by and Teron Armstead also, too. And, yeah, that, that, that doesn't help it either when there's a totally blown assignment uh, on that play. Uh, but, look, yeah, I, I look, I, I'm not trying to bag on Taysom, and it's amazing that – you found a way to take heat off of Andres Pete and put heat on Taysom Hill in that argument. Are you feeling okay? We're doing this call on Zoom. I'm literally <laughs> putting my hand up to the screen to, to, to check Jeff's temperature. I'm putting it up. You, you feel like you're at 97.5. What's the matter with you? Just got to call it like I see it, Sir Lawrence. I mean, <laughs> I, 
Taysom Hill, I feel like exactly the way Sean Payton said. He was just all right. But there were so many other issues. Uh, you know, the quarterback gets all the blame and all the praise. Uh, they weren't going to win that game, I don't think, with Drew Brees at quarterback. I just feel like they were so poor in all those other areas. But he did not play that well, and uh, he should have played better against an Eagles defense that really is um, – they're down to their, their backups. Too much attrition there for them not to be able to exploit it. Well, it's also one of the reasons why Taysom Hill got buried in our pod just now because I felt like there were a lot of other issues. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm not putting all the blame on him uh, by any means. But – the question everyone's going to be asking nationally, locally, Taysom Hill, is he going to start against the Chiefs or is Drew Brees going to make a triumphant return uh, after uh, missing several games now? What's this, four games he's missed? Yes. So, so they're three and one without Drew Brees uh, this year. And Mike Neighbors from Cox Sports, our good longtime buddy, he does a weekly interview with Drew Brees after each game. And you could tell Drew is getting antsy, and yet no one is saying, well, he's definitely going to come back because I don't think for sure they know if he's physically ready to come back. Jeff, obviously you've known Drew Brees a long time. I've known Drew Brees a long time. Uh, we know he wants to play, but I'm, I'm not sold that he's going to play. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to Wednesday morning, uh, he's going to work out for the staff, and they're going to make a decision there. What I think is interesting about it, Larry, we talked about it last week, uh, they have to know, I would think today, though, whether he's going to be there because of the game plan. I'm not sure how they do that. It'll be an interesting question for Sean Payton. Uh, because Taysom Hill and Drew Brees are such different quarterbacks, I would think they would want to know who their quarterback is before they went into those game plan sessions last night on Monday night and all day Tuesday. Uh, but I know that reportedly they are going to work him out Wednesday morning, get a sense of how he can, uh, you know, handle uh, his injury and whether he can go through practice this week. So I'm with you. I don't. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think Drew Brees knows. He definitely wants to get out there. You could tell in that interview with Mike Neighbors. He said he's close. He said he feels better than he ever has. You know, he's gotten better every day, every week, uh, and he has certain benchmarks that he has to meet before he feels comfortable uh, going back into a game. And I'm sure a lot of that comes down to his pain tolerance, but also his strength. Uh, you know, can he handle, uh, you know, the, the toll it's going to take on his arm after not throwing for four weeks? He probably has to ramp that up a little bit as well. Uh, but there's no question about it. They've got to get him back. I don't like the Saints' chances if Drew Brees isn't playing on Sunday against the Chiefs. I, I don't see how they can keep up with Kansas City uh, – you know, scoring-wise uh, without Drew Brees. Yeah, I think the offense needs to run a little bit more crisp. I mean, look, the, the point totals outside of the Denver game have been, what, in the 20s? And it's not, you know, we've seen the offense be okay at times and then stall out at times, and I think Drew Brees. Uh, and the added element of if you put Taysom Hill in there, there's more unknown now than ever when you put him in there because – the Saints could throw the football with them and feel good about it. And we've talked about that last week, and that's going to be a continuing theme going forward when Drew comes back. But look, I'm with you. And uh, against maybe some other team, maybe. But the Chiefs, uh, you're going to have to keep up with them. And look, Jeff, when, when you go into this game, I'm thinking, man, who's going to cover Travis Kelsey? Man, who's going to keep up with 
uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and they've got a stable of running backs, and you throw in Sammy Watkins, and you throw in some other guys, and uh, this is going to be a massive challenge. Look, we, we've seen the Saints be able to slow down guys like a couple times this year, like Atlanta with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, but you know that team. Like, you don't really know this team as well. And, I mean, one big play, and it could be bing, bang, boom, see you later. It's like Devontae Adams beating you deep or Tyreek Hill beating you deep or Kelsey just shredding you. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think that aspect, uh, even though the defense has certainly played well this year uh, and coming off of a, a porous performance, to me, I'm, I'm just wondering how they're going to slow that down. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm going to be fascinated to see how Dennis Allen game plans for this team because the Saints are really have been a heavy man-to-man team this season, more so than they were a year ago. Uh, are they willing uh, and confident that they can match up man-to-man? I mean, Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman, I mean, two of the fastest receivers in the league. Uh, you mentioned Kelsey, a tight end, who we know the Saints have struggled with tight ends at times. Uh, but the other thing that I think is going to be a key to this game, and this is a, it's something we've talked about before, but I haven't seen what officiating crew gets this game. But I thought it was interesting on the broadcast, Larry, uh, the Fox broadcast, how Doug Peterson mentioned to uh, Daryl Johnston, Moose Johnson, uh, and, the, um, and the play-by-play announcer, I forget who it was, that during the production meetings that they noticed on tape how much the Saints secondary holds how aggressive they are. And the week before, Raheem Morris said the exact same thing to the broadcast crew that week. In other words, there's a reason the Saints are getting so many holding calls and pass interference calls because that's part of their philosophy uh, defensively. And they, they basically take a basketball approach. You know, we're going to hand check and foul as often as we can and hope they don't call it all the time. Well, that's why. There's no conspiracy against the Saints it's the way they play defensively. It's a part of their mindset. And in a game like this, where you're going against Greyhounds on the on the perimeter, if they're allowed to hold, I think they're going to be in this game. If they're not, if they're calling it ticky-tack and, and they start getting uh, all these pass interference calls, uh, this thing could get lopsided pretty quickly. I'm wondering if Marshawn Lattimore follows Tyreek Hill. I mean, I would assume he would. But still, yeah. Who else would? I mean, well, Jenkins maybe because he's he's a smaller frame. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm wondering if you necessarily have someone follow him, just because. Because here's the thing: you probably want to put two people on the guy, right? Uh, let let the other guys beat you. I mean, that would be my philosophy. But here's the problem: Patrick Mahomes will find the other guys and they will beat you. So you know, this is uh, uh, the certainly the, the double-edged sword of uh, playing the Chiefs. And, and yet, I know we're lauding the Chiefs a lot, but the Chiefs have played some close games lately, so it's not like they're totally unbeatable. I, I think we're maybe we're, we're over – I don't say we're, we're overdoing it. I mean, they're Super Bowl champs. They're great. They've lost one game this year. But still, you play them close, you got a shot. And I think that's – the Saints have need to – they can't get into like a total track meet. They need to get some stops. They need to be be able to maybe hold the ball, use their because you mentioned earlier the Kansas City Chiefs in their front four or three, however they do it. They're not as potent as the Eagles. Like I feel like you can run the football on them. Like Alvin Kamara can do things against them. 
Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, you, if he's open, you can find him. So it's not like they have this world beater defense. If you're able to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, limit it to a, limit the track meet type atmosphere, then the Saints have a chance. And we've seen them be able to do that. So I, like this game is not unwinnable. There's no no doubt in my mind. But we're just seeing some flaws that could get them beat uh, if if things go awry. Yeah, I think the game has to be muddied a little bit. Uh, the Saints are going to have to run the ball, control the clock. And it really is, it's going to come down to the defense. They've got to be able to eliminate those explosive plays that, as you mentioned, reared their head against the Eagles. Those can't happen because they're going to the house with this team. But as you mentioned, Larry, I mean, Denver, two weeks ago, the score was 22-16. We saw Denver a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, that that's not an impressive performance against a, a Denver team. That was in Kansas City. And then they beat the Bucks 27-24. So I think if this game's in the 20s, uh, the Saints have every reason to think they can win this thing in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the other thing is uh, the defense, which all year long has been able to rise to the occasion and in, in, in games, walk off the field with the defense making the stop, uh, I think they're going to have to do that again this week. And you're doing it against – the best quarterback you played all year, by far the best skill position group probably in numbers, certainly, that you've faced all year. A guy that has shown time and time again he can lead the team down the field and get a win. That's going to be great theater if he gets down to that. And I think the Saints defense has gotten a lot more confident this year that they can make that stop. And that's one of the reasons why I've been so bullish on the team this year compared to past years. I think the defense has played so much better in those late-game situations to finish games uh, that gives you confidence that they can uh, win a game like this. How much do you think Sean Payton says, oh, I see Steve Spagnuolo over there. He had the worst defense in, like, Saints history. I think I can outscheme that guy. How much do you think that's on his mind? I don't know. You know, it's, I, I, it's funny you mention that because I never hear him mention Steve Spagnuolo anymore. He'll mention Greg Williams. <laughs> he'll mention Rob Well, Ryan. he never coached like, with him. So. I know. It's almost like he was never even here. Oh, he was. Uh, you know, we all remember he was here. Right. But you never hear him bring it up. Uh, you know, he certainly brings up the other guys that he had time with. But, look, Steve Spagnuolo was the, was the defense coordinator for a Super Bowl team. So, you know, he obviously has found the right formula with this. This defense reminds me, the Chiefs defense, a lot of the Greg Williams defenses uh, with the Saints when they won the Super Bowl. They're very aggressive. They make a bunch of big plays. Their whole thing is, we've got this high-powered offense. If we can get a turnover here or there, make a big sack, uh, we can get the ball back into Patrick Mahomes' hands. It's very similar to the way I think Greg Williams played uh, in the 2009 season. Yeah, they could take some risks knowing that the offense can mm -hmm. bail them out if they have to. And if they make a big play, then, then it works. And more often than not, uh, they can get in these shootouts and still win, even if the defense doesn't play that great well that's going to wrap up this edition of the duncan holder podcast of course theathletic.com slash duncan holder and we also got great deal going on at the athletic we're only what 10 days before christmas if you don't want to leave your house buy a subscription you get one free you can give it as a gift so it's two for one absolutely go out make that deal happen you can get all of our pods all uh, all throughout the NFL, all of our awesome content, in-depth content uh, from people like myself, Jeff Duncan, Catherine Terrell, Brody Miller, Will Guillory. As the Pelicans are cranking back up, uh, it's amazing that they're already cranking back up, but they are. 
and all of our great coverage, not just locally, nationally. And then the Duncan Older podcast, of course, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can go rate, review, subscribe, do all those goodies. And I'll give a, a quick plug to a certain author on our podcast, maybe Peyton and Breeze. Get 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 uh, uh, some autographed copies. I saw you got some uh, some last second uh, uh, shipment in. Yeah, you, that's a great point. So let me just tell that story real quick. We were out of shipment orders. I mean, completely out. They told me I couldn't get any more until after the holidays. And then I got a call the other day just out of nowhere and said, hey, we found a whole batch of books. Uh, and I got two cases sh- shipped to me. I should be getting them. Uh, well, I got one of them already. I'd be getting another case or two tomorrow so I can get those out to people Uh for the holidays, I should be able to get them out. As long as you're not living in Guam or something, I think I can get it to you in time. So that's that was a nice surprise, uh, and we've been filling orders. I've got I've recruited my sister Larry to handle all the administrative work <laughs> on getting the orders done. I'm gonna have to buy her a nice meal sometime because uh, she's done yeoman's work getting these orders filled in time for the holidays. All I know is the best page and sentence has my name in it in the acknowledgments. So. You're welcome, uh, Sir Jeffrey. But, uh, yeah, go check it out. I mean, it's obviously an awesome book. Uh, so much in-depth stuff, things that I didn't even know. So, uh, And I claim to know basically everything as being the smartest man alive. So I'm, I'm learning some things from Jeff, from Peyton and Breeze, so go check that out. So, all right, Duncan Older Podcast wrapping up. We'll be back next week after the Chiefs game. Certainly a game that the country will be watching. Saints-Chiefs, 325 in the Superdome. So for Jeff Duncan, I'm Larry Holder. Thanks for joining us here on the Duncan Holder podcast on the Athletics Podcast Network.